welcome to the Recover You podcast with Kyleen and Patrick Terhune. It's here that we talk about sex addiction, betrayal trauma, mental, emotional, and physical health, faith, and anything and everything needed to recover you to your most authentic self that God created you to be. Welcome to another episode of Recover You with Patrick and Kyleen. Today, I'm I'm really excited about this, actually. I'm going to get more into my um, functional medicine health coaching side, which I get really excited about. <laughs> so um, we are going to talk, I should have counted them, it, you know, with a, a great little title of the 10 unusual things that we did to support your brain during recovery. Are there 10? I don't know how many. That's oh. what I'm saying. I should have counted. These somewhere between eight and 14 steps that yeah. we took to assure my recovery. Yeah. So this episode, I just kind of wanted to talk about the approaches that maybe are not as usual, the things that we did that are not maybe as common Mm -hmm. to support, well, both of like both of us through this process, through trauma and through addiction recovery, because what we've talked about so far is basically, um, you know, the therapeutic model, which is really important. So the importance of going to therapy and getting support groups and processing your emotional wounds and everything that contributes to addiction and having a functional medicine background. uh, I really wanted to support your brain and your body from all angles through the process. And so I literally think it was like day one or two or three that we jumped into some of these extra Mm -hmm. resources. So wanted to talk about it. I'm excited. Yeah. (laughs) So the first thing to know is, you know, with any addiction or really any mental health condition or, um, you know, brain uh, irregularities or things that we want to work on, there's typically inflammation and oxidation at work. So those are, a lot, a lot of the things that we are going to mention work through those mechanisms of action, meaning they're they're be working as antioxidants or they're calming inflammation in the body and in the brain. So, um, why are you looking at me? Like I'm that? smiling because this is totally in your wheelhouse. <laughs> I'm sitting over here going, "Hey, I'm going to learn something today." I'm like, "Oh wow, really? You're going to learn why why yeah. we did the things we did?" Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so even even de- anxiety, depression, eat PTSD, they're really linked to a lot of inflammation in the body. Right. And um, so, you know, we eat berries and we think, oh, these are good antioxidants, but do we know what that means? So they're fighting oxidation. Oxidation is bad because it really is um, damage to the cells. So when you have too much oxidation, obviously that's going to be a bad thing. You're, you're damaging the cells throughout your body. And when we have things like mental health conditions, um, like depression and PTSD are really, really linked to inflammation as well. So then we can say, okay, well, how can we calm inflammation in the body? How, how can we support that? So quick caveat, please know that we are not doctors and, um, you know, everything that we are talking about in here, we, if you are going to make some changes in your own life, please do your own research and talk to your own doctors and practitioners and therapists. Um, but, uh, you know, having the, having the background that I had, I was doing the research and I was kind of jumping into, you know, how, how quickly and how powerful, powerfully could we support this? Because one of the things that I heard right away is that even with sex addiction, you could have things like withdraw and that kind of freaked me out. Mm-hmm. I was very worried about that. Um, I did not want to, um, be dealing with, the reality of the betrayal on top of you being, being super agitated. Pat. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, and it's like that just uh, wasn't gonna work for me. And so, mm-hmm. so we were really lucky because we had already been on sort of a functional medicine health journey since since 2012 was kind of yeah. the very beginning stages of it. And we went gluten-free and then we kind of looked into paleo. And so just really like how, how healthy could we eat? How much mm-hmm. could we focus on whole foods, that sort of thing. And you know, that waxes and wanes throughout the years because yeah. it's, it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, but over time we had really prioritized that. And so when I talk to people, I really like to emphasize, like, I, I think that that laid a very strong foundation for you when you got into, we started getting into sobriety and recovery because we already, you weren't changing a lot of your diet. You were just adding in these additional things versus if you went from eating a completely different way to all of a sudden trying to do like whole 30, for example. Right which you just did recently. I just did. I just finished it up two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about that really fast? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, uh, so I was just feeling like, um, I had hit this point in my life and I think a lot of it was, was some stress from recovery as well. And I was just retaining that over 50 male, um, level of fat and I couldn't shake it. I was working out. I was doing, I mean, I was doing all the stuff, but my, my, uh, my weight had just kind of gone up and I was like, why is it not coming down? So I decided to do whole 30 and whole 30 is a really good program. It's pretty restrictive, but it's, it's basically just about eating really whole foods. But then within the whole foods, it it removes some additional whole foods that they want you to stay away from that are going to kind of do things like spike your blood sugar and stuff like that. And so, the bottom line is I ended up losing 10 pounds in, in 30 days, which is fantastic. Yeah, but more than that, even you saw like your skin yeah, yeah. changing. A little bigger. bit of brain clarity, a little bit beyond. I generally don't, I wouldn't say I'm in a haze. I would never say that. But I think I ultimately had more brain clarity and felt sharper and have kind of looked at, you know, a lot of times we don't realize until we put ourselves in somewhat of a restrictive mode, like how much junk we're taking in. And so like, I think processed sugar, I was taking in a lot of it mm-hmm. and even things like stevia, I, I would, I would justify, but like, well, it's not sugar and you end up taking in a lot of stevia and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I think I've really coming out of it. I'm really staying away from processed sugar and at times introduce things in, but like, like we had, I probably had more corn last night than I've had. Yeah, we had and people over and we had tacos. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I felt kind of hazy this morning, a little sluggish. And uh so you know, you learn something from that. And so I think yeah. I think it's kind of so yeah, whole 30 has been a good and there's a reason it's only 30 days because it is pretty, pretty restrictive and yeah. traveled a couple times and it is too restrictive for a long term, but there's variations on a theme where um you try to get the majority of what you're getting into your diet is whole whole foods, natural yeah. foods, low and, on sugar, low on processing. Right, right. And so it's, it's important to see the results and to understand that you can have a different relationship with food, which I think is a really powerful thing. And it changes. I think the the biggest thing for me is is um and I think the biggest danger for modern Americans in their diets, even a gluten-free diet that can be filled with some junk. Oh yeah. 20, like 15, 15 years ago when you said I, uh, so I, what was the, what was the name of the course that I was taking? It was the, uh, it was the cancer course. I can't remember the name of it right now. Anyway, um, the, the naturopathic doctor that was teaching me that class, she, um, she said like 15 years ago when she told people to go gluten-free, it would be like an automatic 20 pound weight loss. 
because essentially what that meant was they just went into eating whole foods. Yeah. You had to avoid processed foods um, to avoid wheat. But now we have all these, you know, gluten free Oreos. Yeah. Yeah, And so I think the point is, is when you do the, uh, because they even tell you don't like bake with almond flour on whole 30 is the biggest health crisis that we're facing is blood sugar issues. That really is, is kind of the big one. And, and, you, you we're constantly well, and again that our, links it to inflammation in the body right, right. we're constantly putting our, our blood sugar at, at, at risk and, and our body's having to work really hard to overcome that so whole yeah. 30 has done that and and so I, I feel even better and i've lost weight and i feel like i'm I feel like i'm six months younger <laughs> great <laughs> great uh yeah so i mean but even when you link um so sugar increases um what are called inflammatory cytokines in the body and when you look at depression inflammatory cytokines are higher and so i mean there is some you know research there of you know maybe lowering and um monitoring the amount of sugar that you have and that seems to be when we were talking about okay what what are you going to be careful introducing back in right you were like i think sugar is the biggest thing because it's really in everything even quote-unquote healthy (laughs) snacks that we oh yeah um may have on hand that are more whole foods they typically have sugar in them yeah yeah so anyway it's just figuring out how to moderate but um we we had laid a really good foundation you know for how many years was that before? Like almost a decade before you even got, tried to get into sobriety and recovery. So I think that that piece of it was made a little bit easier because then we just built on that. Um, but if, if this is something that is new to you, I would say definitely take a look at your, your nutrition and focus on, you know, sometimes it can be scary for people to think about eliminating a lot of things. So one way to sort of counteract that, especially when you're under stress is to think about what can I bring in that is Mm -hmm. going to be beneficial? Like how can you flood in and fill your meals with things that are going to give your body nutrition? So with the vegetables and berries and fruits and things like that, um, so that you're, you're, you're getting more bulk from things that have fiber and a lot of nutrient density in them. So another thing that we um, looked at right at the beginning, (laughs) I guess I looked at right at the beginning was alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was worried about it. Do you want, you can talk about this one because from your your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think the, uh, the, the concern sometimes with, with substances, you know, alcohol or marijuana, let's say something that could be quote unquote legal. You know, not 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 the hard illegal stuff is there could be a co-addiction piece to it. So let's say you start drinking alcohol and then it lowers your inhibitions and then you end up acting out because your inhibitions are down and stuff like that. So one of the things that and, and I was unsure, too, uh, you know, I, I didn't think my gut told me that it wasn't that it wasn't related. But, you know, I was like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've never gone through this process before. So we decided that we were going to limit you know, the alcohol. And the way we did it was we just said that that um, I would drink no more than two in a sitting and I would you and I would talk about it. So, for example, we I had a friend come out. I went to yeah. dinner with him and I and you and I talked about it ahead of time and I was going to have no more than two. Or like if you were away from me, like having a business dinner or something, right. you just text me really quickly yeah. and let me know, hey, I'm right. having a drink at dinner. Right, right. And so, you know, and, and actually, if you think about it, you know, the addictions are brain problems, right? They're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to heal your brain and any sort of, I guess, stuff that you put into your body can slow that process down. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, through the first 90 days, I, I did drink, but it wasn't, 
Um, it wasn't like party. I wasn't going to parties. I wasn't, you know, knocking down six at night or anything like, gosh, that, that would probably make me lay in bed the whole next day. But, um, but it was just, we really talked about it and we really kind of threw. And then I think we realized and, and it took, I, I think you and I had some good conversations about that, that that was not the issue mm-hmm. with me. And, you know, you always have to kind of watch what you're doing, you know, with, with, with any sort of thing that can numb you, you always have to go, okay, why am I doing this? Why mm-hmm. am I doing? And I will say in the, in the two plus years in recovery, I have always thought about mm-hmm. that whenever I have a drink. What will always go through my mind now is like, okay, why am I reaching? Why am I having a drink? Is it yeah. because I'm social and I'm having a nice time? Or is it because I just mowed the lawn and I feel really good and I just want to sit on the porch and have a beer? Like, that's okay, yeah. right? But it's like, well, okay, you're out of town. I'm going to drink three bottles of wine yeah. because I miss you. That's an unhealthy relationship. You know what I mean? So I think, I think there is a, you know, alcohol, uh, you know, I think a lot of people will say a lot of different things about alcohol. Some, some people advocate for a glass of wine, red wine a day, you know, and stuff like that. But I think at the end of the day, most people, you know, are, go, are turning to alcohol because it makes them feel good. And there's a relaxation component to it that can be healthy in a social environment, but you just have to make sure you understand that. So let's talk uh, my favorite topic, gut health 101 really quickly. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) So alcohol and well, other things like gluten and sugar um, can actually increase a protein called zonulin. So the gut has it's one cell layer thick called an epithelial epithelial cell layer in the gut lining. And there's little, um, I'm going to call them bridges that kind of connect the cells together. They're called tight junctions and they open and close kind of like when you, uh, you know, see a barge, like a bridge opens and then the the barge goes through and then the bridge closes. Like they're supposed to be semi semi permeable to let things like nutrients into our inside body and into our bloodstream and to keep other things like toxins and, um, you know, undigested proteins and things like that out. Okay. So, when you have a lot of alcohol or gluten, for example, it increases this protein called zonulin and, and zonulin actually opens those tight junctions. So it makes your gut more permeable because of that response. So when you are trying to calm inflammation in the body and manage and get into like recovery mode, where we are working on all of these processes, it's just smart to be aware of those things and to either limit or eliminate that for a period of time, even just to help your body reset and recalibrate and, um, and to protect the, um, the inflammation response in your body. So, um, I mean, addiction recovery is hard work. It's hard on your body. Your, your mind is is having to do a lot of work mm-hmm. and it's under duress, mm-hmm. especially in like in our situation when there's a lot of hurt feelings and, and things like that. So, you know, you need to be as, as, as um, optimal as you can. Right. So it's like, how right. can we, like, this is something that, you know, avoiding alcohol is somewhat of an easy step, right. but for some people it may have a really big impact and maybe helping assist in that calming of inflammation, which then helps your brain work better, which then helps you emotionally regulate and make different decisions, right? So you can manage the day-to-day a little bit more easily. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the idea with all of this is like, how can we right. optimize your brain function and your body function so that you can feel good and make the decisions that you're wanting to make without feeling like you're constantly you know, fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So yeah. So alcohol. And I have is- seen it just, just real quick. I have seen in some of the groups I run that, you know, somebody will, will, will uh, feel as if, well, I've been working really hard. So I'm going to go have a couple of drinks and I've seen that downward spiral. Mm-hmm. They'll have more drinks than they thought they'll end up going down a relapse 
uh, piece. Mm -hmm. And then they'll wake up the next day. They're not feeling good. Mm -hmm. They're like, why did I come here? And it's because they, they uh, didn't think it through. They lowered their inhibitions and boom, they were there again. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, alcohol probably more than anything would be a big consideration because of the way it inhibits um, our thinking processes and has an impact there. Uh, So some other things that we did, and this was very, very fast was I put you on a supplemental protocol. Mm So I did a little bit of research, um, had my background, all that kind of stuff, and I kind of whipped something up together. I actually don't know if I ever wrote that down anywhere. Yeah, I was thinking about that as you're talking about it. I was like, I don't even know what that was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, though, that it was a combination of like a multivitamin, for sure, omegas, definitely maybe uh, B vitamins or B complex. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I had you do magnesium. I think I might have had you do NAC. Something to that effect, right? So I was trying to cover our basis. So let's talk about a couple of those and why they might be beneficial. So obviously a multivitamin, um, we want to cover, we want to cover your nutritional basis. And it's hard to get that from food today, even if you are eating a whole foods diet. And so when you have, so the difference between sex addiction and like alcohol and drugs is that you have a process addiction with sex addiction versus a substance addiction when it's alcohol or drugs. And that is interesting to understand in in the fact that sometimes you view that almost as harder because your body is producing the drug itself. Right. And at the same time, it's essentially the same chemical process in the brain. Right. There's an increase in dopamine, you get that hit. And then over time, as the addiction progresses, mm-hmm. your body actually produces less dopamine. And so you have this sort of uh you're you're constantly searching for the hit, right? Like you right. get more um what's the word I'm looking for? The opposite of sensitive. You get desensitized, desensitized to, yeah. to it. And right. then you're searching for more, right? Right. So, um, so anytime our body is under stress, mental, emotional, or physical, it doesn't really matter. You could be exercising really hard, or you could be experiencing trauma. Anything that puts your body under stress for a long period of time is going to deplete your nutrient status because essentially, I mean, not to oversimplify it, but we function day to day by using the nutrients that are in our body without what we feed it. Yeah. Without having enough B vitamins or without having enough magnesium or without having enough antioxidants in our body, it's not going to function well. We're not going to be able to think well. We're not going to be able to speak well. We're not going to be able to have good memory. We're not going to be able to sleep really well. We're not going to have energy throughout the day. We're not going to have muscle recovery. Right. So what happens is when your body gets put into fight or flight and, and you get into this sympathetic part of your nervous system, which is like very, active is a high, high, high energy state. And that energy state uh, really utilizes a ton of nutrients. And so if you don't have a deep well, a deep store Mm -hmm. of nutrients available, you're going to blow through that. And so what we want to do anytime we're under stress is be more aware of that and provide the body with more nutrition. And, you know, I think about this with um, betrayal trauma a lot that is this is a long-term stressor going through recovery is a long-term stressor. And so one of the things I find very important is how can we easily bring in nutrition to kind of replenish our body? Because what happens is when, when you are up in sympathetic in the nervous system for a long period of time, your body literally cannot stay there. It, It will die. Like you cannot live in sympathetic active fight or flight because it is taking so much energy and so much nutrition. So what happens is your body will then say, well, I've got to protect you because this isn't sustainable and it'll flip you down into overwhelm or freeze. And this is, this is uh, where you're going to feel more 
um, depression, more literal freeze where like everything just seems super overwhelming. But the reason your body is doing that is because you can't stay up in the high energy state. Mm -hmm. So until your body can actually get to safety or perceived safety, which will allow you to get back into the parasympathetic part of your nervous system, and that's where healing occurs. If you can't get to perceived safety, then you're going to flip back and forth between sympathetic and overwhelm. Right. So fight or flight or freeze. And you're going to bounce back and forth. And the reason you're going to bounce back and forth is because you're going to pop back up into fight or flight because you're in danger. Mm-hmm. But then you don't have enough energy and nutrients to sustain that long term. So you're going to bounce back down into overwhelm and have to freeze. And you know, you're going to be really depressed and tired and, and stuck and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the the most important thing, and we talk about this with betrayal, the most important thing is to get to safety or perceive safety. And that's where all of this. So sure. That's a little bit of a different conversation is establishing that safety, safety. right? But just to be aware that this is happening, probably in both the addict and the betrayed partner, replenishing those nutrients is going to be key because Mm -hmm. your body is blowing through them like it's never blown through them before. And so something as, as simple as a multivitamin can be really helpful. To make sure, and a lot of multivitamins do have um, like a B complex in them and B vitamins are super important for the brain. They're really important for the nervous system, like B6 in particular um, and B12, but they help stabilize the mood. They help with the production of energy and they actually help with the production of neurotransmitters too. So when we're talking about addiction and this massive shift and impact on neurotransmitters and um, the chemical cascade that happens from addiction, um, making sure that we have the cofactors and the nutrients to replenish in a healthy way is going to be really important to help kind of balance that out yeah. as you're going through withdrawal recovery. So go go through that again, if, unless I'm, I'm cutting you off here. I don't want to cut you off. Um, what are the things that you would recommend that you, that, that you remember putting me on? And- so well, I'm going to go through a list here in a second, but oh, okay. what I okay. think what and you can summarize it. Yeah. Then. So multivitamin, right. B complex, magnesium, omega threes. I'm, I'm also going to mention zinc and NAC. I'm not sure if I had you on those or not. Yeah. Um, but I think I at minimum put you on B vitamins, multivitamin and omegas. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we also did a neurotransmitter panel, which I'm going to talk about too. Okay. But yeah, so B vitamins are super important for um, withdrawal for addiction for brain health for nervous system. So that's definitely an important consideration. Now, sometimes, um, your multivitamin is going to have a significant amount of, of B vitamins in there. So just kind of be aware of that if you are looking into supplementation, but magnesium is really important too, because it's, uh, used in hundreds um, you know, they used to say like two, two to 300 enzymatic processes in the body. And now I think it's like seven or 800, like they keep finding more. ways that magnesium is Mm -hmm. really important in, in your body. And, you know, if you don't have enough magnesium, you're not going to recover well, you're not going to be able to get into relaxation. You're not going to be able to get good sleep. Um, you know, it's, it's super, super important. Um, and just to throw a little wrench in there for everybody who's like, I'm going to go grab some magnesium right now. Um, there are different forms of magnesium. Lots of different types of magnesium. So if you do a quick Google search, you're going to find, oh, this type is really good for the brain. Like, um, I think it's called magnesium L3 and 8. It crosses the blood brain barrier. And so they find particular use for that with the brain. So I can't remember specifically. I may have put you on that one because I knew that, but, yeah. um, but there's other forms like magnesium citrate that really help if you're constipated, for example. Yeah. So, um, so it's important to kind of know, but because of that, uh, there's a particular brand that I like 
uh, there's it's called Magnesium Breakthrough. Do you remember the the name of the company? Mm-hmm. Oh shoot, what's it called? I'm, well, I'll have to put that in the show notes. But the name of the supplement itself is called Magnesium Breakthrough, and it is seven different forms of magnesium, which is mm. very unusual in a supplement because different types of magnesium require different particle sizes to be absorbed in your body effectively. Right. And so a lot of companies won't take the time and the effort and the money to put them in the right particle size and then mix and match. So because of that, you'll find one magnesium at a time in a supplement or maybe two or three that are Mm -hmm. put together. But this company was like, no, we've researched it. We're going to do the right particle sizes. We're going to put seven together. And because of that, I find it to be a very highly effective supplement and people really, really like it. Yeah. So I'll put that in the show notes, but magnesium is definitely one to consider because it is such a like broad spectrum thing. And when you are under stress, guess what you're gobbling up? Magnesium. Like you you are going to need to replenish that. Omega-3s is definitely, I'm sure that I put you on omega-3s. Yeah. I can't imagine not putting you on omega-3s right away because that is so recognized as beneficial for the brain. So omega-3s are fatty acids. We typically think of them from fish, but you also get them from things like walnuts. And um, I think that's so cool, by the way. Walnuts, if you look at it, it looks like a brain. Mm-hmm. That, like, I just think that's the coolest thing. I always thought that an omega-3 pill looked like a fish. Just kidding. Yeah. So the thing with omegas is every, they're, they're essentially healthy fats. So there's different types of fats. There's like omega-3s and sixes and nines. And, um, you, you have some, like, there's always a balance in the body of what you need, right? Like if you had none of the omega-6s, you know, that, that would be a problem, but we want the omega-3s to be, uh, more, uh, in mm-hmm. ratio to the omega-6s or we want a specific ratio between the two is what I'm trying to say. And so in our American diet, typically it's very, very high in inflammatory omega-6 and very, very low in in anti-inflammatory omega-3. And so that's often why people need to supplement because, you know, we're not eating enough fish and we are eating too many inflammatory oils. So omega-3s, we have a lipid layer, a fat layer over every cell of our body. So healthy fat and replenishing that and nourishing that is really important. But then 60% of our brain is fat. Yep. 60% of our brain is fat. And we could really go off on a tangent on how the certain community has recommended these low fat things and has really caused a lot of issues. So. (laughs) So, okay. Yeah. So we want to say, Oh my God. When I started talking, you look like you you exclaimed a little bit when I started. No, 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 it's fine. It's totally fine. Um, Grass-fed butter. Yeah, grass-fed butter, omega-3s. Wild-caught salmon. Um, Yeah, well, yes, definitely do wild I actually just read a book recently, and you know how sometimes people will say about fish, like you should only eat so much fish a week. This particular book, it's the one on the cholesterol thing, basically said you should have it every day. Oh, yeah. Wild-caught salmon. Like, as long as it's the right, it's not farmed, but it's like wild-caught that you can eat as much as you want. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's really good for you. What's the name of the brand that we get at the store? Do you know? Um, I can leave and go get the packet really quick (laughs) and come right back. It's going to be another show note link, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I can't remember the name of it. That's yeah, it's available. Catch. Is it safe? Yeah, safe catch. Safe catch. Over. Okay. Safe catch. And the reason we get that with the salmon and the tuna is they screen for heavy metals like mercury. So it's very clean. So, um, 
yeah, that's another thing. Okay. Oh man, we're going on so many tangents today, but heavy metals and brain health, next time. <laughs> heavy metals and brain health, like mercury right. and aluminum, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I-, I didn't even put this on the list, but please do not be using, um, antiperspirant deodorant. Ooh, an antiperspirant episode of recovering you. Please. Okay. But seriously, um, <laughs> we have al- aluminum storing up in the body is a problem. We know that it's detrimental to our brain health. And then we go to the store and get antiperspirant deodorant that has like 25% aluminum in it. Right. Right. So, um, or whatever that is. It's so just be careful with that. Be aware of it. Um, we've done all sorts of things. We do gut health protocols. We do, um, heavy metal detoxes. We have a sauna in the basement. We're super into this stuff, but, we are. um, anyway. Okay. So omega threes. Eat, mm-hmm. eat some salmon and I'll give you another um, way to get your omega threes in a minute. Okay. Zinc actually. Okay. So for me, zinc was really big. So I had a copper zinc imbalance. And when you have a copper zinc ratio where copper is too high in the body and you don't have enough zinc to counterbalance that, then you can actually have a lot of anxiety and even like too much copper is even associated with like manic behaviors. Like it's really, really impactful when it is, is too high in the body. So zinc is the natural counter to that. So if you're not getting enough zinc through your food sources and maybe you're getting too much copper through food sources or whatever, however that's happening, um, taking a zinc supp- supplement like zinc picolinate, I think is what I ended up taking, um, can help naturally balance that. And it can actually have a tremendous, if that's part of what's going on, can have a tremendous impact on anxiety. So that's just something to be aware of too. Now, also, again, this is why, you know, I want you to work with practitioners and stuff. If you go too hard, too fast with zinc, and you really do have a zinc copper ratio imbalance, and you go like, I'm going to take all the zinc, you could do some copper dumping and it could be really bad for you. So go low and slow, be careful, work with someone who knows what they're doing, but it can, it can be really helpful. Uh, NAC. Now this is one that I wasn't sure if I put you on. We do really like NAC, particularly when things like cold colds and viruses are going around because it helps um, repair the epithelial cells Mm -hmm. in your um, sinuses. And, and it also helps break up mucus and stuff. So if somebody has a cough, I'm always like, Hey, take some NAC. Um, This will help you out. But it's also the precursor to glutathione, which is the body's primary antioxidant. So, um, you know, at the beginning, I was saying, hey, when you're talking about brain health and everything, we're looking at oxidation in the body. We're also looking at inflammation and how can we counter those NAC helping you to increase glutathione in the body is going to work through that mechanism by um, fighting oxidation. So that's that's an important consideration. Um, I did see some studies actually with NAC where uh, they they did have significant withdrawal symptoms as well. So it has been studied with things like um, cravings for cocaine, for example. Hmm. Wow. And um, and the follow up studies showed a reduced desire and interest in cocaine as well. So big big deal there. And then also smokers voluntarily refuse their cigarette. Uh, or reduced, excuse me, reduce their cigarette use by around 25% after two weeks of supplementing with NAC. Oh, wow. So, hmm. I mean, I think those are kind of a big deal. Now we talked about, obviously, sex addiction is a little different, but unfortunately with the research, more research is done with addiction, with substance addictions. Correct. Then, you know, how to nutritionally support sex addiction. However, I think a lot of the mechanisms are the same. Mm-hmm. And so it's beneficial to kind of you know, be aware of that and look at the research that is available with that. Right. 
All right. So um, I'm going to let you talk about this one a little bit. I'll okay. kind of go into the why we did it, okay. but you can share your experience with it because I did not do it. Um, so this is the NADIV. And um, so again, this is where we're kind of getting like very out of the box, right? Like we talked a little bit about nutrition, which, you know, even, even your conquer group talks about, Hey, getting good food in, right? right, right. We've talked a little bit about supplements. People are very aware of like omegas and taking mm-hmm. multivitamins, right? Yeah. They might not be aware of all the things that we were talking about the why, but mm-hmm. people like th- these are common topics, right? right. Um, NADIV is people are going to start looking at as like, okay, what are you talking about? Right. Um, and it is, it's a little bit out there. And the reason we are aware of it is because we go to a place called restore hyper wellness, mm-hmm. plug, plug, you should yeah. go check one out in your area. Absolutely. <laughs> we absolutely love them. It's a franchise that combines all these cool biohacking things like infrared sauna, um, cryotherapy, compression, and nutrient IVs, just to name a couple of the things that they do. And I got into nutrient IVs during chemotherapy. In between my chemo sessions, I would do high-dose vitamin C IVs. And um, I was very consistent with that for a long time. And I periodically still go and get them. And I absolutely love that. And Restore, when we used to travel an hour and a half to Columbus um, to go to the restore in Columbus. Cause that was the closest one. Mm-hmm. And then we went down to Cincinnati. So another 45 minutes, it was a little closer, but still a distance. And then they opened one that's like 20 minutes away and we were so excited. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they offer NAD IV therapy treatment. And, uh, so again, when a person abuses drugs or alcohol, their natural, um, their natural amount of NAD that their body produces is depleted. And so this depletion can actually make it more difficult for them to convert the energy that's broken down from food. And it has even been speculated that people who naturally produce less NAD are more likely to develop an addiction. Um, And NAD has also been shown to reduce withdrawal effects. So kind of knowing that it was like, again, you know, sex addiction is a little different, but let's go with what we have. Mm -hmm. And since Restore offered NAD treatment, I was like, let's help your brain. Like, let's see what happens. It also acts on um, your stem cells. So it helps, if I remember correctly, it actually helps your stem cells sort of uh, reproduce. Mm -hmm. And so stem cells are the cells in your body that can go out and do anything that's needed, right? They can, they're sort of a neutral cell that has uh, many opportunities to be what needs to be done. And so when people get things like stem cell treatment, it ends up being like really rejuvenating for the body um, because it goes in and they go and repair things. So it's a very, very healing um, thing. And um, so, yeah, so we got NAD treatment. So (laughs) I know it's a little bit of a process. So why don't you talk about it? Yeah. So it was, uh, I believe it was four infusions or five infusions. I can't really remember, but you did them. No, I think it was four. And you did them four days in a row. So I would go down to Cincinnati where we were having it done. And I would be there at like seven uh, or something like that. And it would take a couple hours. Mm -hmm. So uh, the whole point is that and other people will take it on really fast. But it basically when it's being infused into you, it hurts. Your body hurts. Um, You can get nauseous from it and um you actually need to go to the bathroom so if you do it you know sometimes there are some folks out there that will take it really fast and then will vomit and stuff like that oh, so yeah like yeah, um yeah. 
I, like, I think I heard of somebody that will take it in a shot, so yeah. like really, really fast, and then they vomit, and then they're done. Yeah, then they're fine. So, yeah, and all those, fun. yeah, all those symptoms. So, what they do is while they're doing it, you know, they're they're monitoring you. So, if you're getting nauseous, and so I found that that like it was really hard to concentrate. Um, I would have to stand up and then sit down and then stand up, and about halfway through, I'd have to go to the bathroom. Does it make you like? fidgety too like your yeah feet. there's a fidgety your legs hurt um and stuff like that but it's interesting as soon as the infusion's done all that goes away and you end up feeling pretty good so so the first one is usually the hardest um because your body's getting used to it and then over the next three days it, it, it actually ends up getting a little bit easier and we we played with it the uh the tech there was kind of she was really kind and so she would she would watch me through the whole thing she would come in and and, uh, but there was, I think it was the second infusion. I got really nauseous and had to mm. have her stop it really quick. And then, but, you know, I finished. And so, you know, it's always hard to say exactly what the benefit, you know, like, you know, cause you don't know, you can't prove a negative, like how I would have been without it. Sure. But, but, um, it was a, uh, it was exciting for me to do because I really believed in the fact that it was going to help help my brain continue to heal because this is all a brain healing exercise is what this whole thing is and so the more you can support your body and this was a little bit of like a boost yeah so it was like you know do, doing somewhat afterburner work for your for your brain do you remember having conversations about that though with your mood and i think did you notice a difference yeah i did i think you know i think i you know we were in some really tough moments you and I because we did it really early on we did do it early I think it might have been month two mm -hmm. and so um you know I I do remember feeling a little bit more confident in my recovery and so you know as far as the relational piece you and I had to work on that for a long time but I was like I, I remember very early on I started to feel like hey I'm gonna beat this thing no matter what happens with you and I yeah and so I think I think this was no small part of that um, of, of helping me, helping me finish that off. Yeah. You also saw some skin improvements. You knew those skin yeah. cells were kicking in. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I've, I've had, you know, I've had, had you know, I grew up in Miami. I was in the sun a lot. I worked on flight lines in the army and things like that. And so I've always had kind of things on the back of my hand and, and, and things of that nature. And so those, those started to clear up. I think a couple of, of the persistent ones cleared right up mm -hmm. and which was pretty interesting just after four treatments. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is going to have to be a two-parter. Okay. So today we talked about alcohol, we talked about vitamins, and we talked about NAD IV treatment. Okay. So we're we're starting to get a little more out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the next episode, we're going to talk about neurotransmitter testing and um, amino acid supplementation and some cool stuff like that. So I'm excited. Sweet. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful, it would mean so much if you leave a five-star review or post a screenshot and share on social media. We are on a mission to share the message of recovery and you can help get the word out. If you know a friend who could use this podcast, please share it.